Hello and welcome to another Hit the Books review. Today we're reviewing the movie, the latest, the greatest, Black Panther. Aw yeah. Uh, so we, we saw this movie today. If you're not familiar with our review process, basically what we do is may, eventually we'll get around to typing up a written review and with official formats and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're trying to give you the fresh reaction, our fresh take. We just got out of the movie. We just got home. We're going to do this, and then we're going to record the podcast for this week right after. Um, but we go through a spoiler-free introduction where we talk about you know how much we liked it, how much we disliked it, and which, you know, what non-spoiler things we liked, what actors and actresses did well, um, and which ones didn't do so well, and all that jazz. And then we give you an explicit spoiler warning, and then we go into a spoiler discussion about uh, the fine details, what we think of its impact will be on the future of the franchise or uh, of the movie universe or whatever else that may come up for your amusement. Of which there will be much. If that sounds like a good time to you, be sure to hit like and subscribe and help us out a little bit. Every like and subscribe does help us towards getting our vanity URL on our YouTube channel so we can tell people the YouTube article instead of having to go through our website, which is htbvids.com. Oh, yeah. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Which you can go to uh, to find the links to our YouTube channel, our Stitcher uh, feed, and our iTunes feed if you prefer the audio format for everything. So... Feel free to check that out. Again, it's htbvids.com. Now, spoiler-free, let's get into it. Emery, on the scale of good, meh, or bad, what would you rate it? I'm going to give it a... It's good. I would agree. It was good. Yeah, it was thoroughly entertaining. It's not the smartest movie, and it, I'm, I'm not asking it to be. There's some big dumb superhero plot points in this movie and dialogue, but this is a superhero film mm-hmm. where we, for the sake of not laughing hysterically at the concept of this character, you have to get past the idea that a kingdom would allow their king, their sovereign, to run around in a bulletproof cat themed onesie <laughs> and fight terrorism abroad by himself <laughs> uh, uh, y- yeah get past that and this is a very entertaining movie yeah um i it's it's neither the terrible movie that i guess some people were saying i didn't see those reviews but yeah uh that's not what the published Cis teams would have you know when they were demanding right. that you go out and make fake reviews of 100 and 10 out of 10 before the movie has even been released. No um, movie deserves a 100 score. Before you've even seen it, especially. Yeah, Blade um, Runner doesn't even have that fucking score. <laughs> uh, like, Oscar-winning movies don't have that score. Okay, the, we digress. people. Yeah. And it was also not the 10 out of 10 glamorous, outrageously great movie and huge step forward for cinema or anything like that. Um, right. It was what I expected, a solid to good Marvel movie with some pretty cool characters, cool set pieces. You know, and that's exactly what I expected from this. I will give out a huge shout out to Marvel and their Marvel Studios, though, because they consistently take these characters that 
previously I did not give a flying fuck about and made them cool, made them yeah. likable, made, made them interesting. Yeah. So that alone <laughs> gives it a good rating for me. Oh, um, yeah. So great job by Marvel Studios. Great job by all the actors and actresses and the director and everybody involved. Um, what are some things you liked and what are some things you didn't like without any spoilers? Uh, without any spoilers, I will say these scenes are beautifully acted. Uh, they, there's performances. There's, there's a strong cast here. Oh, and they, the, they, they the, all showed up. The, the cast is real strong. I yeah. mean, oh, God, you, you, you feel it in just about every scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the there, there's one character that I thought was a little rough, and it's not his fault whatsoever. Uh, Martin Freeman. Right. It, I'm just so used to him having a British accent <laughs> from Sherlock and everything else he's in. Everyone that, is very used to him sounding like a Brit, yeah, as he should. That it pulled me out of the movie when he started using an American accent. Now, his counterpart, uh, Benedict Cumbersnooch. <laughs> uh, Being a dick in a cucumber batch. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was less jarring, I think, just because he already talks kind of weird. Uh, right. He has kind of like a sullen kind of yeah, know, for him, fluid quality to his voice already. So yeah. it, it wasn't as jarring. But for Martin Freeman, for some reason, just seeing his button-nosed face and, <laughs> and having that context of the past, I'd, yeah. it, it pulled me out of the movie for a second. It's uh, like I'm used to hearing him uh, speak British, mostly because of Sherlock, but also to a lesser extent the hobbit movies yeah and it, 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 he played the part well he his accent yeah. was perfect it was good yeah it's really it, good it was perfect it was just that expectation when you see that face yeah and you get used to it after a little while so, yeah uh i he, did get over he does that. it well yeah yeah um and if he hadn't done it well well that, <laughs> that could have ruined his character but i think he did a pretty darn good job so yeah he had <clears> some <throat> practice with civil war so yeah yeah so what else? Um, uh, I'm gonna say that uh, there were uh, a lot of scenes that were just shot beautifully, and it's mm-hmm. like this is probably one of the most uh, colorful, for lack of a better term, <laughs> um, scenes like out of any of the Marvel movies. The Marvel movies. Uh, for a while have had this issue of uh, just seeming very, like, drably colored. Like, the saturation, uh, like, wasn't turned up or something. Yeah. But um, mm. the visuals were fantastic. Yeah, like, there, there's I agree. A, uh, a certain scene which uh, made me think of the Lion King in a weird way <laughs> um, that is, like, the way that they played with the colors was just, like... Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and I don't. A lot of people said that about Thor Ragnarok, but for me, the way they did it in Thor Ragnarok was really obnoxious and like off-putting and just like painfully comical. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like not, it, not in a good way. Right. That that movie, Thor Ragnarok, was a comedy top to fucking bottom, like and it, a very forced one. Yeah. yeah. Um, with this movie, like the, as opposed to. Thor Ragnarok, which was very garish and over the top in a lot of ways with their color. Yeah. Um, this movie had a lot of colors just seeming natural. 
or uh, subtle mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Now, I will add this. Uh, I agree with everything you're saying, but with a small caveat, there were some scenes where there is some heavy CG use. Now, for the stuff that was metallic, wasn't bad at all. Not a big deal. But anything that was like organic, like a person or an animal, <laughs> I'll mention that in the spoilers. For, okay, <laughs> okay. But specifically for the people, uh, it was really off-putting, and it kind of ruined a lot of the really cinematic moments for me. It pulled me out of the movie just for a second, because I would notice that with all their people, they would recycle like maybe five or six character models. And just because there's a ton of crowd scenes, and I was seeing the same exact character model doing the same exact motions, like celebrating or cheering, but doing it in the exact same cadence and the exact same order and (laughs) moments that weren't supposed to be synchronized. (laughs) Right. And it was really obvious that they had taken, you know, five or six character models with different color palettes (laughs) and just. plopped them all over the side of this cliff or in this crowd or whatever, all doing the exact same thing. And for me, it was really noticeable. I was trying not to notice because I was enjoying this, the movie, right. but it, it, it was just so obvious it pulled me out. And then there's there's a few moments with this specific animal, um, one earlier on and some later in the movie, that I thought were just like way like over the top and unnecessary. And they they immediately pulled me out of the movie. Anytime you have to feature anything organic, with CG, you're already at a disadvantage, and it, these yeah. these scenes specifically, I felt didn't need to be in there whatsoever, and they could have avoided pulling me out of the the movie, you know. Uh, but again, small gripes, not a big deal. But uh, everything else, I agree with. Oh yeah, with the exception of a uh, a few CG moments, which we will get to later. Yeah. I mean, even like yeah. this the spacecraft stuff or hovercrafts they were using. They looked pretty good. Yeah, they looked pretty solid. Yeah, they they definitely knew how to uh, properly depict their tech. Yeah, if anything, and I gotta say, um, uh, apart from their like the the way that they colored everything, the the performances given, um, the the tech. I think was like a big thing in this movie. Yeah. And uh, I found it in a lot of ways. Like I, it seemed weirdly easy for me to basically suspend my disbelief at a lot of the tech that they were using. Oh, and, and this isn't a spoiler, but, once again, Disney has found a way to put the devil's anus into their movie. <laughs> it's just that this time it leads to a cave filled with Amtrak's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Oh no! I noticed it right away. It's like once again we have to put a huge scene around this devil's anus. Disney, stop! <laughs> Disney, quit! <laughs> There's other Disneyisms that uh, we'll talk about in the spoiler oh, section that uh, <laughs> make an appearance, but yeah, the um, the dialogue, the dialogue was very big. <laughs> yeah, I would say I'm... bordering on trying to be Shakespearean up to a certain point. 
Yeah, I I, I would. Uh, yeah, I think they were going for like a Hamlet type of deal. It, it definitely um, felt very Hamlet-ish. Yeah. Um, but I didn't mind it. I mean, I'm I'm already looking at this, you know, fake African nation that nobody has discovered for thousands of years. You know, I'm pretty sure they didn't have cloaking devices for the past several hundred years. Uh, or maybe they did. Uh, maybe they did. Maybe <laughs> one element <laughs> uh, creates software and uh, programming languages and all that sort of stuff. But um, I digress. Vibranium. Good for yeah. everything. <laughs> but apparently they couldn't make nukes, so who knows? Uh, they didn't need them. <laughs> <laughs> but, because um, they're that good. Vibranium. Good for everything. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's kind of like the force. <laughs> Just solves all your problems. Like, it oh, solved I a have, lot of problems. I have a, I have a very tough issue. Uh, uh, I need some magic. Vibranium. <laughs> Just wait till Adamantium shows up. Then you're fucked. Ooh. Yeah, it's coming once that deal is finalized. Oh, boy. Yeah, Wakanda's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> We're going to find out about that weird You magic got a panther. We got a wolverine. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me there was... This is harder. <laughs> you mean to tell me there was another weird space rock that landed in Africa? <laughs> another one? How did we not know? <laughs> Oh no, that that is West Africa. We don't go over there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, trying to think. Uh, the music was good, but it, you wanted one thing I, in specific. I wanted way more Kendrick Lamar songs. <laughs> they used it like twice in the movie, and the rest was just like generic African drums. I was like, okay, it's fine, but. <laughs> It's like the whole movie, man. <laughs> I was like, you can only do so much with a drum. <laughs> and eventually you just got to like. But they were different drums. Let it ride. <laughs> were there? I, I don't think they were that different. Let's change it. They all went. Like, okay. We could do a little something. You got Kendrick Lamar making an entire album for you. You couldn't use more of his songs. You want to hear more? By the album. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, the the audio was really good. Um, again, the drums were kind of like, well, okay, we get it. Um, it's like if <laughs> you made a movie that was set in Scotland and the whole time you just played bagpipes <laughs> the entire fucking time. Like that would drive you fucking nuts having to listen to bagpipes for an entire fucking movie. All Wait, right. that, that didn't happen in Braveheart? No, not the entire movie. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know why. Maybe I just heard that in my head. Only when he was screaming, <laughs> freedom! Oh, you mean the very end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only part of that movie anybody remembers. <laughs> so that's why it's a great movie. Oh, uh, yeah. It's we remember that movie. one part. <laughs> I like Mel Gibson movies, but that one was not good. It was like he, he yelled freedom once and it And historically very people. inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that weren't alive during that time period that they were using. So, uh, <laughs> it, we, it, it doesn't matter. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that, that's a minor gripe again. Oh, all my gripes with this movie are very minor. And yeah. it's just because I can't help but pick things apart. But, right. Uh, overall, the movie is still really entertaining. Big dumb 
lovable superhero movie with fun characters, cool characters, great art design, great shots, as you were saying. Yeah. Um, the it was villain. Edi- it was edited really well. Yeah, the villain, Killmonger, did a great job. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Michael B. Jordan. He, Mike, Michael B. Jordan. They found, not, a, they found a way to make this guy from Wakanda but not have the goofy Wakandan accent. Yeah, in a way that made sense. Because uh, I, when I saw Michael B. Jordan reading the lines, I was like, "How's he supposed to be from Wakanda? Like that's, yeah, <laughs> he's got like a, you know, kind of like a slang riddled <laughs> American accent. Like, did he just not make the effort, or are we yeah. just gonna have to suspend our del- belief? But the the plot actually addresses it in a really clear way. Yeah, that I like. I don't know if it's consistent with the comics, but. Because uh, again, I never gave a shit about Black Panther prior <laughs> to this movie. Not many people did. Um, uh, fun fact: Black Panther, the movie that just came out, is based on a character that originated from a Fantastic Four comic. Yep. And another fun fact for you: this I learned from NPR. <laughs> uh, thanks, NPR. Thank you. Black Panther actually predates the Black Panther Party, which is known as the protest and sometimes terrorist group yeah. uh, from the 60s in the United States. And it, 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 <laughs> Black Panther, the character, came out in Marvel Comics six months before the Black Panther Party was officially founded. Oh, that was months. Yeah, I, I thought it was months. years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was... It's really surprising, and I don't know if there's any association. Uh, I, I looked up an article from NPR where the... Two founders, the two people credited with founding the Black Panther Party, said there was no association whatsoever. And it was such a shock to the Marvel people, yeah, Marvel and Atlas, that um, they literally tried to change the name of Black Panther because they didn't want to be associated with the kind of conflict that was going on between Black Panther Party and white america you know right. uh and i but should <laughs> say you know establishment authoritarian right uh 60s culture america um so uh, yeah, they, they kept the name um uh, they tried they tried to get rid of it and they used other names including coal tiger <laughs> Ooh. uh oh to name a few they they even got rid of uh the black in front of panther just at one point panther and just called him panther which I we've said a lot of times that we wish certain characters would just lose the black before the name and just bring them into the 21st century. Right. But they said, <laughs> but apparently it was just so like that sales dropped immediately when they took away the black from the Panther name <laughs> because Black Panther is just a cool name. Y- yeah. Well, let's it face it, a- when you put black in front of anything, it makes it like, 10% cooler. And you can, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it, so they kept it. It was like there's yeah. lightning and then there's black lightning. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. This <laughs> <laughs> is dumb. <laughs> but um, pretty it's sure like, lightning uh, isn't black. Uh, Just can, so you know. Can, can I have my house powered with black electricity? <laughs> <laughs> can that be a thing? But uh, it's just a really funny and in- interesting history that for the longest time, I thought... Black Panther, the character, had arisen from being from related to the Black Panther Party, when right. in fact, Black it's Panther the other way predates the Black yeah. Panther Party, even though Black Panther, the character, didn't get a real, like, official lone comic for, uh, like, like, a decade after that. He was basically just a side character that would show up in other books yeah. for years and years and years, and then... <laughs> just reference the, yeah. the 
him, the country that he comes from, yeah, the the metal that comes out of there, yeah. So then then he started making actual appearances with his own titles in the eighties and such. So uh, some fun facts for you about Black Panther that even I didn't know. Um, but Thank uh, you, NPR. Just thought I'd throw that out there with your fun fact. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's uh, actually one of my favorite fun facts is that he, <laughs> the Black Panther, the comic book character, mm-hmm. predates the organization that went by the same name by months. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, what a coincidence, you know, <laughs> yeah. on the opposite side of the country, you know. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. But yeah, it was really really interesting info. Um, back to the movie. Um. Was there anything that was just egregious or anything you didn't like? Um, there was one thing. There was one thing in this entire movie that it is completely necessary in order to further drive the plot. But because of my wanting to see more of this character, it just kind of hurt a little bit. And that's Claw. Played by Andy Serkis, uh, the Andy Serkis yeah. killed it. Oh yeah, I think Michael B. Jordan's performance was real strong, but I think Andy Serkis probably had the best performance in the movie. I think he killed it. Yeah, it was like he. Oh my god, <laughs> there there was something about a sinisterly smiling Andy Serkis mm-hmm. that just makes you think. It's, oh I'm always gosh. happy to see him when he's not a CG character, too. Oh, like, yeah. Because he's such a good actor, but he never gets the credit because he's always playing CG characters and <laughs> fucking apes and Gollum <laughs> and, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Um, I, I love it when he gets to actually be in the movie as a proper character because he always kills it. Oh, yeah. And the, the prestige, he actually showed up in that one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he was just this perfectly, like... When I think of a villain, I think of pretty much all of the qualities that Andy Serkis had to his character. There was like a a menacing nature. There was like a kind of, there was a subtle deadliness to him in certain scenes, but then like an over-the-top yeah. deadliness to him in like other scenes. It was like there was a, a sinister glee that he had with like basically everything that he did. Yeah, he was intimidating. He, yeah. He was intimidating in a way that isn't the normal archetype for something intimidating. He wasn't a big bulking guy. He just seemed like a guy that always had a plan. Yeah. That you just you weren't sure why he was so confident and so laid back. Yeah. Um Yeah. It's like there's a thing that he <laughs> says like when he first shows not well there's there's one where he first shows up and then there's one during like a major scene that he says like there's something that he says in each of those scenes that just made me think like oh my god (laughs) yeah it was (laughs) it was um yeah it was a little shaking and i i agree i thought I'll, I'll talk about it in spoilers. Yeah. Um, but it, he definitely killed it. Andy Serkis did a great job. They all did. Um, uh, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman as 
Black Panther. He did a great job. Michael B. Jordan as uh, Killmonger did a great job in a way I didn't expect. Yeah. So just goes to show good writing. Um, Lapita Nyong'o, uh, who is Nakia, uh, she did a great job. Um, Danny Guerrero, <laughs> hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. That she played Denai? Okoye. Denai, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was great. Martin Freeman was solid once he got over the American accent. Yeah. Um, Letitia Wright did a great job. Um, just overall, I mean, even Forrest Whitaker's eye did a great job. <laughs> um, it's just a solid cast all around. Yeah. I mean, they, they, a lot of Black Mirror people, too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And more yeah. than one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they all did their part pretty, pretty damn well. So, um, I think it's a safe place to get into spoilers. Oh, yeah. Um, both of us give it a thumbs up. Go see it. It's a good movie. Uh, worth, worth your movie ticket, I would say. Would you recommend seeing it in theaters? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is, this is definitely worth your ticket. If you can find this movie in 3D, I would be curious to hear what you people think. Um, I hate 3D movies. <laughs> I can't stand them. Uh, yeah. I want IMAX. <laughs> I want more IMAX in my life. I don't need 3D. Just make it huge and all around me. Uh, uh, make it IMAX 3D for me. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> can't stand 3d movies it's like all around me and like i, I want to feel like i'm in it but like double in it <laughs> yeah um i completely agree with you go see it in theaters it's worth your movie ticket um it is a bit over hypes but it's also not a bad movie either it's not undeserving right. of your ticket it's worth the full price oh yeah uh, spectacle for the eyes especially um and good writing great acting definitely worth seeing in theaters yeah so it's not a 100 but it definitely deserves your viewership yeah i would say it's a solid 75 i'll go as far as to say 80 yeah i don't think that's unreasonable at all yeah so um without further ado let's get into spoilers spoiler warning for everybody out there spoiler warning spoiler warning if you do not want anything spoiled uh, do not listen past this point, but please do come back and let us know what you think and whether or not you agree. Spoilers! <laughs> all right, so all right, so this cut out, I'm just adding because I realized in retrospect, uh, once we got into the spoiler-free section, that I, I came off really negative out of the <laughs> gate. Just want to clarify for everybody before we get into the spoilers that I like this movie a lot. It was top 10 Marvel movie for me. I give it a solid 75 to 80. Give it a B minus out of spite. Spoiler alert for what you're about to watch. Uh, <laughs> because we're nerds, we nitpick a lot. Yeah, and I, I think it's funnier <laughs> to pick apart small details. So oh, yeah. yeah I have a like, tendency to be very yeah, negative. Yeah, we, we could praise this movie until <laughs> the fucking cows come home. Yeah. Uh, the, the point is, it's like... We, we know it's good. Yeah. You probably already know it's good. We just have fun picking apart like the things that maybe you yeah. missed, maybe you probably see on the second or third viewing. Yeah. So uh, that, that's <laughs> we, we, yeah. that's just what we do. So, so I'm just clarifying. We get much more positive at the end of the spoiler-free section. Yes, we do. Much more. It's just I <laughs> just gravitate towards the negative because it's more fun. So <laughs> uh, just explicit warning. Stick with us. 
We're yes. not we're not saying the movie's terrible because of the things we're about to say. We're just harping on small details that crack us up a little. Right. So, uh, <laughs> without further ado, let's get into it. Um, this is the first Marvel review we've done in a while where I didn't say, "Okay, I got a lot of fucking problems with this movie." <laughs> I don't have a lot of problems. I have a few problems, and a lot of them aren't the movie's fault. It's more just the narrative behind the character, and that's right, just from the comics and from the culture. Um, I just like to point out that once again, Disney has established that uh, dictatorships slash monarchies are good. Uh, dic- uh, democracy is bad. Um, you have to be of a pure blood line, which in based on Forrest Whitaker's eye and the lazy eye of several other characters <laughs> means they're probably inbred, Ooh. much like every royal line, Ooh. which is probably not good for the future of Wakanda. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, that the, again, those are things that can't really be controlled because that's the story behind the character in the comics, and there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Right. Um, and I'm just bouncing off of Disney's don't question leadership ever. <laughs> Even if they're saying something completely stupid that will get you all murdered because they don't want to let go of a easily fixable problem. Yeah, about that. There's been some Disney-isms in this movie. Yeah. Uh, there have been some that I've been able able for the sake of this movie to overlook mm-hmm. and there's a couple that i didn't even realize until you mentioned them earlier um the biggest one being did we really put another devil's anus in a disney funded film in the climax too god <laughs> damn it they just love big dark holes oh <laughs> near the climax yeah, I'm never gonna. Thor Ragnarok was so stupid and terrible. <laughs> I don't know why anybody likes that movie, but because <laughs> the Devil's Anus has ruined have a good time. The Devil's Anus, yeah, even if it doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever, <laughs> the Devil's Anus will always just be the stupidest thing ever. If you think That's that the... Thor Ragnarok was a better overall movie than the other two Thor movies, granted the other th- Thor movies weren't great either. You, you, you're sadly mistaken, my friend. Uh, I will go really far out of my way to say that the first Thor movie is the best Thor movie. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, another. Yes, another. Uh, it. it <laughs> yeah. Enough of that movie. We're talking about Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, just. So that that part is just, again, not the movie's fault, just the story of the character, I think, is silly. Uh, another thing I think is silly, I think I mentioned it in the spoiler-free section, um, I'm pretty sure they didn't have a force field for the past several hundred years, uh, and if they did, why didn't they use them, their technology way earlier uh, to do other things? <laughs> um, right. Oh, I highly doubt that every king since the beginning of this tribe has been benevolent. <laughs> As they established that they were at war basically until they uh, found the power of the Black Panther, uh, and, and the different tribes were fighting constantly. Yeah, the, so there, there was infighting until one guy got superpowers, and then they stopped fighting because 
uh, reasons. Yeah, I don't want to mess with that guy. Uh, so th- that that's that another is, thing that that's is... a little silly. Again, not the movie's fault, but but like the narratively kind of dumb. Yeah, the, um, the story behind Black Panther as a character in mm-hmm. where it comes from definitely has a history in what we call might makes right. Yeah. Um, the whole part, you know, to ascend the throne, you basically got to beat the shit out of the other guys that want to <laughs> take the throne. It's like, um, let's further hammer in the point that oh, only and, might and, makes right here. And only if you have a specific bloodline, which means you're probably inbred to begin with. Ooh. So not only is it a monarchy, but it's an elitist monarchy where you have to be the strongest <laughs> to rule. <laughs> Physically strongest and most capable. So... Uh, that's a little silly and goofy to me. Uh, again, not the movie's fault. It's just what they had to work with, and they did the best they could with it. Um, yeah. I I hated the whole narrative all the way through because they kept stepping on their own feet w- with this narrative uh, that Michael B. Jordan's constantly talking about, and his father included, uh, are constantly saying, we have all this technology. Why aren't we arming our brothers and sisters abroad? Um, but then <laughs> he immediately steps on his own feet by talking about, didn't uh, the life of humanity start here in Africa? You know, uh, why aren't we helping our brothers and sisters abroad? And I'm like, well, if that's true, which it is, <laughs> why then wouldn't you include the, the ones that are slightly less shades than you? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, the, uh, the, it just seemed kind of redundant on that point. Right. Um, the, again, he's supposed to be a villain, so he's supposed to have like convoluted kind of convoluted bad some, logic but I, well, somewhat hypocritical yeah yeah um and i thought that was just a silly plot point but again not the movie's fault it's just what they had to work with um then um the whole established that you know vibranium somehow solves every problem imaginable you know they have all this technology but i'm pretty sure one metal doesn't give you access to all of this technology you still need to know about computer programming and how that works you still have to have like advanced understanding of physics and all the how these tools work not saying that they couldn't have established that but they they established that they've had this technology since the 90s you know way ahead of everybody else and i'm like having a metal that you're not selling so where's your wealth coming from you know yeah they have one element that's valuable and they don't sell it so uh, about that, uh, I, I'm assuming that uh, they've been pretty insular since they had five kingdoms there. They're just uh, trading amongst themselves. Trading what? <laughs> there wasn't anything there. Rhinos? <laughs> Apparently rhinos are the only thing they fucking have there. Well, the, they there have were, some grass. There are other things. that They have just, vibranium, grass, and rhinos. Y- That's y- all I saw. You're just supposed to assume that they had other things. Uh, they're, even they're, though everybody believes food. they're an impoverished nation, so where's their money coming from? Uh, clearly, they don't have farms because uh, I didn't see any goddamn farms anywhere. L- look, man, they're being <laughs> hidden. <laughs> they're being hidden deep in the forest. There's only one thing being hidden, and that was the city and the devil's anus. <laughs> Everything else was pretty much exposed and out there. And in fact, they occupied that space. The different <laughs> groups didn't even live in the city. The tribes were living in the mountains and living down. <laughs> In the fucking grasslands to Look, keep up appearances, I guess. There, There is a lot to Wakanda that we clearly did not get to see. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, small gripes. Yeah. Just the, the origin material 
it's not the movie's fault at all. It's just what they had to work with. But it's kind of silly. It's kind of dumb. Yeah. And you got to put your brain in the backseat for a little while. Yeah. Uh, it, it, saying, oh, this is what, w-, you know, an African nation would have been like if it hadn't been occupied by, you know, outside forces. Like, it, th- there's it, something to that. Th- this there, movie asks you to assume a lot. <laughs> yeah. But there's other African nations that were pretty much kept hands off for their entire existence and they're no more advanced than anybody else but they Uh, didn't have vibranium oh yeah i forgot vibranium solves everything (laughs) (laughs) including brain capability and science and mathematics and and uh uh, research yeah um spinal cord function yeah barbara gordon really wishes they had vibranium doesn't she (laughs) um so i was just uh maybe we should shoot her again yeah so these people, they uh, follow a guy that takes hallucinogenic drugs uh, and performance-enhancing drugs uh, from a mysterious plant um, who... Well, 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 he hallucinates all of once. Twice. Twice. And then Michael B. Jordan hallucinates also. Yeah, yeah. but y- you got to understand, they uh, help him hallucinate. And you know he's hallucinated before because he already had the powers at the beginning of the movie. And he got rid of the powers to do the original challenge to become king. So pretty much everybody there that's a warrior or at least a royal line has at some point probably taken the drug to having enhanced abilities. And I would say that based on the the primary bodyguard. Uh, right. I don't know her name. I keep forgetting their names. But um, if your not, name's not T'Challa, I don't know who the fuck you are. Um, that is one huge problem about this movie. I don't remember anyone's fucking name. Because they're all generic, made-up, Africanized names. Like, I don't think any of the names are real names. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was just made up by Stan Lee and <laughs> a Stan bunch Lee of white Jewish Jack dudes Kirby. in New York. Yeah. It's like, this is, these are what African names sound like, right? Just a bunch of consonants thrown together yeah. with the random vowel in there. Yeah. <laughs> so fuck it. That being like kind of Michael B. Jordan's plot thread that he's trying to help his African brothers and sisters who I mean, he's pretty light skinned. I'm thinking his mom probably had a little mixture in there. Yeah. Um, he he's not the <laughs> blackest. Uh, I'm it, thinking, it, it's I'm thinking safe you, to say I'm he's not you, the blackest. You're descended from a, a few of those oppressors yourself, probably. Yeah. Um, the guy from Get Out, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The, like, of all the people that we... Well, and that was the thing that I think they were continually playing up was the... Um, for Michael B. Jordan, his character was one of uh, intense self-motivation, and uh, blatant hypocrisy. Yeah, and here's the big thing that bothered me about him. Like, the source material stuff, you're not going to get around that. I can happily turn off my brain for that stuff and click it back on (laughs) once the scene starts going. Right. Um, This one comes uniquely from this movie, where he's obsessed with this kind of helping the people meaning black people abroad, rise up against whoever may or may not be oppressing them outside of Wakanda. And that includes greater Africa, Asia, Europe, uh, the Americas, whatever. But then he brings up the point that all life started on Africa. Yeah, that that was a big one. And then he talks about how he even killed his brothers and sisters on this continent. Yeah. And I was like, isn't that kind of defeating the point? Did you really just say that 
in front of the people whose kingdom you are trying to take. Again, royal bloodline doesn't matter. <laughs> Nakedly evil. So oh that, my God. that was redundant and just ridiculous. And then the whole point of him coming to Wakanda to take over, in addition to kind of wanting revenge for what they did to his father, yeah. um, was that he wanted to help uh, people outside of Wakanda using the technology and abilities and resources of Wakanda. But this whole movie started with several people, including the king himself, outside of Wakanda... Helping their people outside of Wakanda. <laughs> and by their people, I mean black people abroad. Yeah. It, like so. he had uh, spies that they referred to as war dogs. Yeah. Uh, and They have spies yeah. in every nation. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. And they were uh, Boku Haram. Uh, I think that's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah. The, the group that... Uh, kidnapped a bunch of schoolgirls and basically yeah. raped them and forced them to marry them and do strap suicide vests to them and did a bunch of stuff. They have a group of girls that seem to be in a kind of Boku Ram situation. Yeah. Um, and if you're not familiar, look it up. It was a big event. It happened in Eastern Africa, I want to say like five to ten years ago, somewhere in, in that range. It was when I was in the military, so it couldn't have been ten years ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, drastically evil guys. He's, uh, you know, it's a, he's a warlord basically in East Africa and a terrorist. But nobody stops him because the local government can't do shit. <laughs> right. And America's tried, but like <laughs> all of our insurgent wars, uh, doesn't go so well for us. Right. Because we're a lot bigger and slower and <laughs> a lot more expensive. So yeah, we 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 need money in order to get going. Yeah. Um. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> It's a convoluted situation, but they've already established in this movie that everybody in Wakanda, including the fucking king himself, <laughs> is going outside of the country to help people. <laughs> and Michael B. Jordan's whole like story arc is how they're not helping people because they didn't help a specific group of people in Oakland in America in the 90s. <laughs> right. This so, is, uh, th- that's the kind of thing where... I'm, you like, can definitely see like how they tried to play up a certain viewpoint and tried to make his entire motivation completely colored by a point of time in his childhood. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's absolutely a a thread to speak about about you know kind of police brutality and going back into the '60s, kind of Jim Crow laws and yeah. you know older <laughs> Southern establishment, especially um, whites. And Congress trying to keep people down and deny people home loans and stuff like that. There's definitely a thread to speak about that uh, and criticize that. But in this plot where you have things like atrocities and, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, outside of the world, uh, people being murdered all throughout Africa by these military groups. And then even like South Africa apartheid. That was much more recent than anything in America. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that was far worse. Uh, I mean, if you're not familiar with what was going on with apartheid, you might want to look into the host of The Daily Show and oh, listen yeah, to Trevor some Noah. of and t- listen he, to him talk about having a mixed, you know, a black father and a white mother in an era where that was illegal. Am I right? Or is yeah. it the other way? Uh, was his, fa- his father was European, right? Yeah, it, it was. Um, his mother was black. Yeah. His, his father, father was, was Euro- European. Yeah. Okay. Um, so his father's white, mother's black. And 
in apartheid South Africa. And South Africa, on the continent of Africa, it was illegal. Right. And they would have been put in jail. And he would have been placed in some kind of mixed race... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. concentration camp essentially yeah so uh, go go read the book born a crime by trevor noah so um there is a lot more <laughs> going on than uh, 1990s oakland uh, right that were probably even more pressing uh that probably deserve your attention a little bit more and i don't see how buying public housing in oakland at the end of the movie really solves any of those problems uh well Here's the thing with that is that uh, the main villain and the main hero are, in a lot of ways, very single-minded or tunnel-visioned in how they either view the world or view their attempts to change it. Yeah, it's like when it came to Eric uh, Stevens, as they refer to him, AKA Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They actually explain his nickname. I thought it was really yeah. cool how they did it though. Cause yeah. they had the CIA agent there going, Oh, he's one of ours. Yeah, he used to yeah. be an agent, you know, yeah, co- codename Killmonger, blah, blah, blah. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. It was like actually like taking a second to just explain why he had that name. Yeah. That, that was pretty sweet. Um, but you take that character and you see how, like, that one part of his life where he's a kid living in the ghettos of o- Oakland uh, only to, you know, see what looks like a spaceship fly away only to go all the way upstairs to the projects where, where your dad lives yeah. and find that your, your dad's been killed. Mm-hmm. And then you take that situation and you make your that character's entire motivation for doing anything revolve around that one moment. Mm-hmm. Batman. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Batman. <laughs> uh, it was um. like it was very focused. It was very single-minded in its approach to. Uh, a villain's backstory and motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a way that you could look at it as like it, it's touching, it's um, intensely, you know, rooted in how any kind of situation can deeply affect a child yeah. all through their adult. And I, I found it also kind of ironic on that plot thread. Hopefully I don't throw you off. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, uh, no, you're good. Um, that. This whole time, this whole movie, he's been talking about how the the oppressors and the colonizers and making all these comments of they're the ones you know that are ruining the the world for our black brothers and sisters abroad or whatever. When the person that killed his father, the one that did him direct harm, was Wakanda. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and not only Wakanda, but his uncle. <laughs> is I think there's a little. His- Family. Yeah, there's a little bit of redundancy again there and a little bit of hypocrisy there. Once again, you know, oh, yeah. you, you blame all these outer, you know, infrastructures again that are due a, a high amount of criticism. Right. But you make it your whole life's mission while at the same time recognizing that it was the king of Wakanda. A, a, yeah. Not it, only a figurative relative of yours because of your skin color, but a literal relative of yours. That yeah. killed your father and put your father in that situation in the first place. Yeah, th- this is the um, the the deep issue of 
villainous hypocrisy. Uh, Marvel has been doing this for quite some time with their villains. Um, the The biggest one that I can think of would actually be Magneto, like the 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 vaunted, yeah. most sought after villain in all of Marvel mm-hmm. that. Uh, Disney is trying real hard to get their hands on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is a character who is a Holocaust survivor mm-hmm. who believes in eugenics, mm-hmm. <laughs> like th- Be- because he wants to prevent the normal people from doing the same thing that happened to the Jews to mutants, but not realizing the irony and the hypocrisy and what, how he wants to solve it. Same shit. Exactly. He's doing the same thing. And I think that's fine. Uh, It was just to me, from my perspective, I was like, that's a little silly. Like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but then you kind of get the idea by the end of the movie that Killmonger isn't really doing this for his kind of moral motive. That might be how he justifies it to himself. Right. But he's really doing this just because he loved his father and he wants to yeah. see this th- is the leader of Wakanda suffer. Yeah, this is all basic revenge. It's like he wants to have a plan in the event that, you know, everything actually goes well mm-hmm. and things work. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to be the kind of villain who's like, oh, I actually did the thing that I wanted to do. What the fuck now? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, I just want to point out real quick, another, apparently Vibranium is also responsible for the little uh, <laughs> space pod holograms that you get to use that the golden people from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 used, <laughs> where they hopped in a little hologram of a spaceship and flew off in the real one as a drone. Uh, vibranium also lets you have, like... M- Let's your civilization advance to the point where a child can fix the spine of a full-grown man, uh, Thor the Dark World style, and just like <laughs> just gonna expand. Uh, let's zero in on mm-hmm. it, and I'm gonna put my hand in it. <laughs> put my hand in the yeah. 3D holographic projection that somehow helps i don't know what the fuck this does (laughs) (laughs) but it looks good doesn't it it it, it looks real fancy so uh yeah just again a lot of these problems are things that are just the source material and there's no real getting around of it some of it was just how they decided to use that but i think it was a responsible usage of it because in the end it did pay off yeah Uh, and again i i think this is a good movie solid 75 to 80 range um oh yeah as extra points because it made me care about a character i didn't give a fuck (laughs) about you know right i don't care about this character from some made-up country in the middle of nowhere that for some reason feels the need to come to america and fight crime on the street Um, right that that's the the thing about this movie is that it takes a character who is a king and just like as Americans, we have this thing where it's like we were all about democracy and mm-hmm. freedom of speech and it was like power to the people. Um, because this king is so righteous, so benevolent, mm-hmm. <laughs> such a good dude that uh, he yelled at his dead dad for not bringing this kid back to Wakanda. While doing drugs yet again. It, while doing drugs yet again, of course. <laughs> it, this is a movie that actually 
made a very touching point, although, uh, albeit a bit uh, too focused for mm. its first ending. Yeah. Um, let's hone in on this one mistake that my dad made, and I'm going to do something good in this one area where we got a little Hamlet-y and uh, my dad killed his brother. Yeah. Yeah, it reeked of Shakespearean, you know, <laughs> wannabe <It's laughs> setup very and payoff. Shakespearean-ish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I totally agree with everything you said there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a few things that, uh, again, pulled me out of the movie, and now I'll actually talk about them. Oh, um, yep, let's hear it. Obviously, I talked about the CG and the reusing the same human models for these crowd shots and stuff that were a little too obvious. It was yeah. like seeing a PlayStation 2 like CG moment where like everybody looks exactly the same, but they just spread them out a little. <laughs> um, uh, I, yeah. I, the other thing was the CG rhinos. that were, Again, do- doesn't matter for the plot. I can put it in the back of my brain and just forget about it, but it does have the effect of pulling me out of the movie when I see the first time it happens, they walk up to this rhino and like feed it from the palm of their hand, and then they take a shot, just so you know that they're there in the back of your mind for when they show up later. <laughs> it's the only reason they're in that shot whatsoever. <laughs> they don't add anything, and like... I was sitting there like you couldn't go to a zoo and feed a rhino <laughs> on like a green screen set or something. You had to CG a big fake rhino that they could feed. I just thought that was a waste of money. Look, man, we and wanted rhinos, but we didn't want to spend money on real ones. <laughs> but it, it just pulled me out of the movie. Every time they replace something that already exists with a CG replicant, I'm like... Oh. <laughs> is that necessary? Is it just because you wanted to give it a bigger looking horn? You're like, oh, clearly we can't do that to a real rhino. <laughs> can't put a fucking prosthetic on a fucking real rhino uh, uh, at yeah. a zoo. Uh, like, um, they're not doing much. They're just sitting there. <laughs> They'd probably appreciate some attention and some food. Uh, will Will Peta get angry at us if we actually put oh, fuck like giant Nobody things cares. of metal on them and uh, have someone ride? We're not going to do that Aww. because that scene shouldn't have happened. Oh, come on. <laughs> it was so stupid. And come then, on. That tribe had like w- the one cool thing. Yeah. And when they were having the fight at the end, I was just like, why? <laughs> why, why? Why do you have to? Everybody has fucking hovercrafts and fucking laser guns and sonic blasters. And I fucking, have this horn. And fucking laser shields and shit. I'm going to blow this horn. But instead you use the bugle. To call in a fucking herd of rhinos to ride around. Like, uh, uh, with okay, a... <laughs> wouldn't you? No! <laughs> Fuck that! Are you... What? That's re- what? That's retarded! Uh, oh, come on! <laughs> I just thought that that pulled me out. Everything else about that scene, I was like, totally down for it. Devil's anus excluded. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, come on, guys. Come on. Do you really need the fucking CG rhinos? Yes. Because <laughs> that's the that's what I hate about DC movies now. It's like <laughs> everything is some unnecessary CG thing. Like now Marvel's doing it with Thor Ragnarok and to a lesser extent this movie. And I'm like, oh my God, stop. Stop with the stupid CG shit that doesn't need to be CG. Um, but those are, again, minor, minor gripes. They're minor. I got, I got to reinforce. I'm putting a lot of complaints on the table right now, but they're all yeah. minor didn't ruin the movie for me whatsoever. Yeah, there, uh, there, there's a lot to love about this movie, but there's a few things that m- might have, you know, 
made that score less than a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know the pro- the big problem with CG is it's not going to stand up to the test of time. It's just it's not CG always Especially incrementally. If it doesn't gets stand better. up to current viewer, <laughs> a current viewer who's trying not to be pulled out of the movie, if it doesn't stand up to that scrutiny, it's definitely not going to stand up to scrutiny in five years, ten years from now when yeah. you go back and rewatch these with your kids or something. You know, so I don't know. It's just a minor gripe, but I wish these movie studios would stop putting unnecessary CG in everything and driving up their budgets for no good reason. Um, See, I, I, I wanted to... <laughs> I, I I was being nice while watching that movie, but I really wanted to yell, get out. <laughs> uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, the guy who plays... Um, I'm forgetting his name. I think it's Hodari. Main character from Get Out. Yeah. Uh, he, he's he, in a lot of Black Mirror episodes, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like his Black Mirror episodes are my favorite, mm-hmm. um, especially the American Idol off brand <laughs> episode. But uh, when he rides the rhino. I immediately just wanted to yell, get out! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that was a little silly. Pulled me out of the movie a little bit. Not a big deal, but it, it did pull me out of the movie a little bit. Um, this was a big Lexus advertisement, by the way. <laughs> there was a lot of Lexus advertisements and product placement. Yeah. Actually, there was something from like the early on in the movie like very very early on there's a a scene where uh, the Black Panther is going after his bay, and uh, he decides to interrupt a convoy in order to get his bay back Mm -hmm. and I wish that they had shot that during the golden hour when there's still some sunlight out and not at the dead of night. Well, as a military guy, as a former infantryman, I can tell you right away that anybody with any kind of combat knowledge would not have done what those soldiers did, which is walk directly into the wood line where they, (laughs) where they have no way of protecting themselves. Like if you're, at the sides of the road facing the wood line, he has to make noise coming to you, brushing up against trees and all that nonsense. And then you can just mow him down with your fucking machine gun. But instead, we're all going to walk into the woods and just get destroyed by a stealth, <laughs> stealth Wakandan. Yep. Uh, with that uh, magical cat suit of his. But I get it. Movie. Movie soldiers never do anything sensible. Like Mo- in the fight scene in the bar, they did what every movie like villain does. They grab him by the back of his jacket. <laughs> like Nobody in a real fight is going to grab you by the back of your jacket. Especially like <laughs> top tier elite mercenaries. <laughs> they're not, they're not going to grab you by the back of the jacket to try to beat you up. They're going to fucking shoot you in the back of the head or punch you in the back of the head or choke you out but how are we gonna get a good look at the guy unless they grab him by the back of his jacket you know what jackets do they come off (laughs) real easy they also tear and they also don't do any harm to the person wearing the fucking jacket (laughs) there are several things that they would have done from behind but again it's a movie it's what they always do in the movies they grab the jacket or they grab him by the collar like i'm gonna show you right instead of just fucking punching him in the throat 
Yeah, the uh, uh, but, the, the gripe that I had with that uh, convoy scene was that because it happens at the cover of night, uh, the unfortunate truth about Black Panther's costume is that black blends in with the darkness exceedingly well. Yeah, I and had the same problem, when, especially when they're shooting and there's just a flashing. Right. It's like you can't see anything going on. Right. It was just as bad as like a shaky cam scene or something. Yeah. yeah. That, that's like probably the biggest gripe that I have with this movie was like that I, I wanted to be able to clearly see what was going on yeah, in that see scene. See the cool action scene, yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I felt like it... it they didn't know or particularly care that while it makes sense mm-hmm. that Black Panther would strike at night, I paid to see him strike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could have like turned up, you know, the brightness just a little bit, you know, a little a bit of the little ISO bit. exposure, just a little bit, you know, just a little. Um, I I think what they were going for was that kind of, um, I think it was the Dark Knight rises moment where the light keeps flashing as the guy's shooting and batman's there then he's there then he's there and then he's beating you up you I, do realize that without the the flashing like it's just watching christian bale in a bat suit shimmy from side to side yeah so i think <laughs> I, I, I wish we could see the real what batman was really doing during the shooting where he's just like See, I'm imagining Christian Bale doing like the MC Hammer dance. <laughs> it's like, oh boy. I'm going more American Psycho. <laughs> that actually makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there was another thing that really like this just pisses me off. Uh, again, doesn't ruin the movie for me. I get it. Throw your brain out, you know, out the door. Um. But I don't understand why you have all these fucking spears and these short-range sonic blasters. <laughs> why can't you make bullets out of adamantium? Like you mean, I, you mean vibranium? Vibranium. Sorry, <laughs> it's just the same bullshit force metal. <laughs> 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 but uh, I get it. Why you wouldn't use it outside of Wakanda? Because then people can harvest it. You know, if you shoot up a place outside of Wakanda, they're gonna pick up the bullets and you know refine right. them and weaponize them we went but harden the paint with uh, melee only when you're in the country why are you still fucking ro- rolling around with fucking giant ass spears when you could just have a fucking handgun that shoots adamantium it's like the indiana jones solution you know guy comes out swinging this fancy sword you know in egypt and he just goes Fuck off! And pulls out his pistol and shoots him and wa- <laughs> runs away. Like that's my, that was my logic walking into it. I'm like, it, if you can make these giant fucking spears and these fucking you know sonic blasters and all this <laughs> other shit, why can't you just make a gun? That I'm pretty sure that bullet would pierce anything, right? Am I wrong? We here in Makwanda do not like guns. They are primitive it would be so- except for when we put them on our ships to blast <laughs> other ships out of the fucking sky wait yeah what we'll, we'll blast well, people just- out of the sky with fucking sonic lasers and kill people that way we'll fucking stab people in the chest with five fingers but we won't shoot them like that seems way easier way easier uh, th- this is what happens when they obviously I- don't care about killing people so why right. why wouldn't you use a gun 
Uh, these people evolved differently. The, the I'm pretty sure they're still in the rest of the world and they see what guns can do. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, we are standing on ceremony. I'm pretty sure actually most of this movie is an act of standing on ceremony. But that's that's what drives me crazy about the Avengers Infinity War trailer. Yeah. Is every time I see that trailer, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then when they have the crowd rush scene where they have all the Wakandan forces behind Black Panther and Captain America and Hulk. Yeah. I'm like, you know what would make that really easy? Guns. <laughs> Instead of having fucking spears and fucking like, like cloth things that create a shield <laughs> and fucking rhinos with metal strapped to them if if you just had guns you wouldn't have to run at thanos you could just shoot him from really far away with a really big bullet we like you it could better even make it our way. you could even make it explode if you want <laughs> pretty sure that would do more damage than a fucking spear uh but that's just me uh, oh oh again, wait is, wait i i for, i forgot vibranium doesn't obey the laws of physics in one very particular way. Uh, it absorbs any and all impact. But yeah, we can make a train out of it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and spaceships. And it, it's all magnets. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it doesn't absorb that force, but it's apparently one hammer hitting the round... Uh, with an explosive percussive force that isn't physical, it's just force <laughs> from an explosion, gets all absorbed. Y- yeah. H- have you seen Cap Shield? First, <laughs> It dispersed the force. It didn't absorb it. <laughs> I saw what Thor did when he hit it with his hammer. The force went out and all around and blew up the fucking forest. It didn't get absorbed. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, but when you punch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, again, stupid comic book, goofy superhero logic. Brain out the door, get it. Didn't ruin the movie for yeah, me. Yeah, it, again, small, small subplots. It's that... very entertaining, but when you're a a comic book nerd like we are, uh, there's just a, a lot of wait, why does that work like that, but not like this? <laughs> you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like two Jewish guys in a Manhattan building uh, making a fictional Africa <laughs> and putting the most racist shit they can and the most like fucking backwards tribal shit they can, but with New Age metal. Excelsior! <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, you're just small gripes. Uh, I think that's pretty much, I think I covered everything. Again, I have to explicitly say, did not ruin the movie for me. It's still a very good, very solid Marvel movie. It was exactly what I expected, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but it didn't blow me away, and it didn't it didn't disappoint either. So, right. Uh, I think I went in. It was <laughs> amidst good. The hype. With it works. A good amount of yeah, and it made me care about a group and a character that I otherwise wouldn't have given a shit about. So. And made him relevant to America. Yeah. Uh, which is also cool. Um, and it, basically it, anybody outside of this fictional <laughs> country. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, <sighs> as silly as I think those nanomachine suits are. Metal Gear. <laughs> they do look really cool. Nanomachines. But I 
honestly think that uh, out of all of the Black Panther outfits, the one that the King T'Chaka wore when he killed his brother, I think was probably the coolest looking one to me. Personally. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I liked it. I don't know if uh, it was directly pulled from the comics, but it looked pretty awesome. I yeah, liked it a lot. It, yeah, with it def- the shawl over it and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. The, like the ceremonial king vibe. Yeah, is what I got from that, and it looked, it looked badass. Oh, I thought of one more small gripe. One more small, small, teeny tiny gripe. Uh, we have a cameo from the Riddler in this <laughs> movie, not once but several times. Now. This was not the Riddler. <laughs> he it was DC. He was puck-faced Riddler. Um, uh, the lip disc. Yeah, the lip disc. I don't know what they're actually called. but um, There's a character that's uh, one of the leaders of one of the tribes uh, that uh, basically counsel the king in Wakanda. Yeah. Uh, and every time they're in a s- that the courtroom, the first few times, he looks like everybody else. They're just kind of in the very cool, artistic, stereotypical African garb with the beads and the different colored yeah, fabric lot, and lot stuff. A lot of flowing robes yeah, going on. Yeah, covering light, light clothing with a one-shoulder harness or whatever, you know, yeah. that type of aesthetic. But in the middle of the movie and all the way to the end of the movie, he starts wearing Western, like, suits and ties Western three-piece yeah. suits with purple pants and bright green <laughs> for the top. No, no extra colors mix. Just bright green uh, coat jacket, you know, suit jacket, and like purple pants. And then there's some little things that, from a distance, kind of remind me of Riddler with all the question marks on all his suit jackets. You know, I was like, did we just put Riddler? <laughs> African Wakandan Riddler in this movie, and even the the face puck, the the yeah. disc or whatever, even that, it was bright green and had a bunch of little marks on it that looked like question marks. And I was like, did 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 they just forget <laughs> what universe Riddler is in? Did they try to make a homage to Riddler, to Riddler because he thought it was the same world? And I, <laughs> I mean, if DC isn't going to use him, <laughs> <laughs> there was just to me, I was like, there's no reason for this guy to be wearing a bright like it was really off putting because it stood out against everything else. Like I, everything else is like a more subdued red and blue and yellow. But he's standing here in this like bright, bright green, green. Oh. like l- bright, bright, like kind of like the green on your bottle there. Yeah, like it was that bright. Uh, <laughs> this kind of green, yeah, obnoxious. Not My even, gosh. not even like safety green. Just obnoxious green <laughs> that just assaults your eyeballs. And he looked just like Riddler, but with a puck in his face. Uh, yeah, it was kind of ridiculous, but in a way that was just <laughs> yeah. like he, he's I from laughed. the fabulous tribe. Yeah, I laughed every single time. <laughs> I mean, based on the little disc in his face, I'm guessing even with all this technology, his tribe has subscribe to a uh, fashion over practicality mantra <laughs> for all their life decisions. So We do nothing but stand on ceremony here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, again, small gripe. Uh, I also, this uh, kind of brought up a question to me. When Michael B. Jordan is talking about his brothers abroad and sisters abroad, does he include aboriginals? That's a really good question. Because... If you're going with the skin color mantra, 
which maybe they are going with, or maybe they aren't, since he's kind of lighter skinned than the rest of the Wakandans. But then there's also like an albino Wakandan at the end as one of the bodyguard people that are fight fighting Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if she was it just was talking. Like, very, very, very light. Uh, okay, we got a lot of American actors in this one. <laughs> Well, th- th- she was like pink. She wasn't. She wasn't <laughs> black at all. So either she was albino, or she was just a white woman that got slipped in the scene. <laughs> and they're just like, "We're out of extras. You want to join? <laughs> like, we oh, need good. more." <laughs> uh, because there's like four bodyguard women that are fighting Michael B. Jordan's character, and one of them is, is like pink. And I'm like, "We can't have." Is she show- albino, or <laughs> this is does she count in Michael B. Jordan's speeches? Or uh, do aboriginals count? Because they left Africa before even the white people left Africa. And then they settled in Australia. You're separated by an ocean. (laughs) There's not even a a land bridge to Australia. Yeah, about that. Uh, Look, man, we had... we, We didn't have enough African people from Africa, okay? We... They did not know the way to Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what Wakandans can all agree about? What's that? Zimbabwe sucks. <laughs> uh, oh. Zimbabwe does not know the way. So, Ooh. Uh, uh, But yeah, it was... <laughs> uh, again, I'm bringing up all these little things to gripe about because I think it's funny. But in reality, didn't ruin the movie for me at all. Uh, overall, really liked the movie. Thought it was really solid. Uh, if, uh, I feel like if I went back on a second viewing, I'd, I probably wouldn't feel as strongly because it, it, now it doesn't have that first impression of all the plot surprises and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was shot really well. There's one scene that I really dug after uh, uh, Killmonger takes the throne and he's walking victorious towards the throne, and they start off with the shot upside down, and they slowly spin it, and they got a Kendrick Lamar track. One of the two scenes where they use the Kendrick Lamar track, uh, they, they slowly spin the camera as he's walking forward to all the kind of stunned you know, tri- oh, yeah. tribal elders uh, watching him walk over to take the throne with the Kendrick Lamar track behind it. That was an awesome scene. Like That scene gave me goosebumps. I thought it was really good. Oh, yeah. Um, I-, I love that scene. And it wasn't the only scene that like really like left an impression on me. Like the scene at the end where he takes him to see the sunset, you know, as he's dying. That oh, was yeah. that was a really cool scene. Uh, and you can't again kudos to both actors because you can see the pain uh, in Black Panther's face as he's you know he's just made himself responsible for the death of not only his cousin but a person that was wrongly uh, left behind because yeah. of the actions of his father. Um, and because he was born half outsider, you know, yeah, that um, very Shakespearean. Uh, so that was a really stunning, cool scene. Um, uh, I just really liked a lot of what they did in the movie. Um, they made uh, Black Panther not only uh, cool and uh, a good addition to the whole Avengers universe and the Marvel universe, but they also made him likable and made him human. And it wasn't like a fake, like forced way that, you know, we criticize a lot of the, the kind of new age comics where they, they're trying to diversify, but what they end up doing is just kind of replacing a current existing character and um, yeah, making, you know, a convoluted story where they don't have any struggles and they're just great at everything from the outset. <laughs> you know, this Black Panther, he struggles. He, he doesn't know 
how to rule properly. You know, he's he, he questions himself the whole movie, including when he's on drugs and talking to his dead dad. Yeah. Uh, he questions his decisions uh, and all his discussions with his bodyguard and his his sister. Um, he 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 doesn't even have an easy time in both the ritual fights. You know, one ritual fight he gets his ass handed to him. The other ritual fight he gets beat up pretty bad before he gets lucky and gets a leg lock on the guy. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, he had I, a really cool character dynamic, and I really liked him. Uh, and I thought um, uh, Bozeman played him perfectly. I thought he did a great job. Oh yeah. Um, there was just a lot of moments where I was just like. Wow, that not only did that look cool, but it made sense for what the context, which is something I think Marvel stumbles upon sometimes. Sometimes they do something purely for visual effect, and then it doesn't make actual sense. Right. This time they actually it actually made sense, and uh, DC's guilty of this by far, <laughs> far more. Yeah. Uh, but in this context, I think they did it really well. Uh, <laughs> when you put the bullet thing out of your brain <laughs> and you just just roll with them using spears yeah. and uh, shawls. <laughs> So, uh, it was really cool, really neat, uh, really, really dug a lot of scenes. Um, uh, there's several more scenes that I want to go into, but, uh, it, what was like really stuck out to you in this movie? What, what get, left a lasting impression for you? Um, lasting impression. Um, I will agree that the, uh, the scene where, Killmonger ascends the throne. That uh, I I don't think I'm ever going to forget that scene. Yeah, that scene was awesome. Yeah, gave me goosebumps. I love the fight too, where he takes off the shirt and shows all his scars. And oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though the context was, I even killed my brothers and sisters on this continent. And I'm like, <laughs> ooh, uh, that kind of yeah. negates the, your point. But yeah, uh, the part of that fight where it's towards the end of the fight, where He's just asking all of the people who are watching, is this your king? Mm-hmm. While he continues to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And my favorite thing about this movie is it make it recognizes that their system is flawed. It yeah. shows them explicitly, your system is flawed. This person exists because your king, that was just, you know, because he was the strongest and most popular uh, among the elites... Yeah, made a big mistake, left one of your own behind, killed his brother in secrecy, and led directly to this happening. And now he's going to dethrone your king, challenge your current king that you put all your faith in and believe in. and Because he's stronger. And you can't yeah. do anything because you adhere to these outdated traditions, these, you know, uh, kind of, <laughs> for lack of a better term, tribalistic traditions. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really clever. And he shows them how easily it can go wrong and how easily it can be upset uh, and how, you know, not everybody is going to be benevolent and wise. Right. Uh, and everybody is flawed and everybody can make a mistake, especially when you're in charge of an entire nation. Oh, um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. they get rid of all that great stuff when he just ascends the throne again and does what <laughs> he wants. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I thought that was really, really cool, uh, and something that I wish hadn't. I wish when you know final victory had been achieved that they had done something else. Been like clearly our system and our traditions are flawed. The Black Panther plant is defunct now; it's all destroyed. We used the last little bit to give you powers again. Um, now we have an open path to 
make a new tradition that'll be maybe a little wiser for the future and a little less, you know, tribalistic and elitist and yeah. But unfortunately, they didn't go that route. They just went, "Oh, you're king again. We'll just go back to the old traditions." Yeah, I thought that was a little bit of a bummer, but um, what they did can't possibly go wrong again. Yeah, it was like the end of Wonder Woman, where they had all this great. Uh, plot thread about the dynamic and how humanity is gray and not black or white and then at the end they completely explain it away with magic and now that the the evil guy's gone now that you don't humans don't ever want to fight again <laughs> and there was right. never war Let, let's again let's go back to the black and white thing yeah and that's what i think they did with this ending to a lesser extent and that that kind of bummed me out but leading up to it they did an awesome job uh, I loved what they did with the whole uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan and his father dynamic where his father saw what was going on on the streets of Oakland. And that was his only context because, you know, he was in America in this very specific part of America spying. And you could see he was actually starting a terrorist group. He had a bunch of weapons yeah. hidden in his walls. He, and He had stolen vibranium. Yep, from and, his own people, and was yeah. selling it to a dealer who was not black. Yeah, <laughs> just no. like to point that out. Uh, again, hypocrisy. Yeah, um, but uh, it, it it made it for a really cool and di- uh, interesting dynamic. And then when the the brother pulls the gun out, and you know, there is one scene that I th- will also kind of always stick with me is um, this is after. Uh, he wins, but before he like takes the throne, uh, the scene where he himself gets to have that uh, hallucinogenic moment. Yeah. Um, he goes under, takes a drug, and then goes back to that one spot. Talking about Killmonger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Killmonger goes back to that that project in oakland where he found his father dead Mm -hmm. and the the conversation that he and his father have was just like god damn yeah it was pretty it was pretty good and i i love how they did the thing where they made him a kid again and then they brought him back to adulthood you know yeah while he's talking to his dead father um i like that they showed him opening the panel on the wall to get the journal which yeah. illustrates that even as a kid he knew what was going on and he grew up in a household that was he was witnessing people prepare for war essentially yeah um the, the, which is another dynamic that i think might be lost in you know the kind of hype machine and outrage machine that's going on in the media yeah. the real story i think in this is you know this child grew up in a virtual war outside of his own <laughs> his own people's country you know yeah. um with a mother who was american and a father who was wakandan or you know foreign right uh, an illegal immigrant if you will <laughs> <laughs> um and a dynamic that was you know probably extremely traumatizing even before uh the the murder of his father you know by <laughs> his uncle yeah. Um, so I think that's a really cool plot thread and dynamic that I think a lot of people might overlook or might not appreciate. And I think what that scene you're speaking to, the hallucinogenic scene, I think that 
just perfectly accented it and reminded the audience at the end of the movie, right when they needed to be reminded of the trauma of that event. Oh yeah. And then his father talk, saying those lines about, you know, did they, they didn't even cry for me, you know, those sorts of things. They didn't even remember me. And the, I, I thought that was like, that, that was really intense. That was really heartfelt. Oh yeah. Um, I do want to say one thing about the father scenes. I knew from the first scene we saw him, that he was Forrest Whitaker, the guy in the back. <laughs> I knew immediately he was young Forrest Whitaker because they found the perfect actor for him. Not oh, only did he yeah, kind of look like him, but he had the lazy eye. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, a little bit. I don't know. Maybe he was trying to do that on purpose, but I knew immediately. I was like, that's that's Forrest Acting. Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, they're not going to surprise me with that one. And sure enough, it was Forrest Whitaker. Uh, they, they even had him wear purple then, too, Yeah, only so that he could wear purple like in the current day when he's Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. So um I thought that was cool. Uh I like the dynamic that they had spies and counter spies <laughs> for their own spies. Um, oh yeah. Uh it just shows, you know, how much they were in the the whole ecosystem. And maybe that's one that way to explain like their advanced technology. Maybe they had, you know, just like Countries like China sent sent people out throughout the 80s and 90s to steal uh, blueprints and uh, patents from companies so they could take them to China and recreate it themselves. Uh, yeah. Maybe it was kind of like that kind of international espionage where you're stealing ideas for technology and weapons on top of already having an established uh, identity with your technology and vibranium and advanced, you know, research and secret, you know. Yeah. Uh, like having advanced weapons tech, but then incorporating yeah. these foreigners, uh, what did you call them? Oh, computers. Yeah, because like yeah. their hovercrafts look exactly like the kind of shield ones, except instead of big giant fans, they have little energy things right. uh, like all the tech with the suits making themselves looks exactly like tony stark's you know tech suits when they start creating themselves but with digital stuff <laughs> and uh, nanomachines it, it, it look it looks awfully similar to uh technology of elite governments and tony stark you know, yeah. people of industry you know yeah, just the implementation of it. Yeah, not saying that that's the case in this particular storyline, but that that's kind of the vibe I was getting. I'm like, okay, that makes a little more sense, you know. Yeah, that not that they're creating all these brilliant computer programs by themselves exclusively, because even even new inventions, you know, elsewhere in the world, uh, you name your place, yeah, is usually ripped off of something that was a little bit more. Uh, behind the time or something you know right like like take an idea apple and tweak it yeah apple stole directly from uh microsoft and most tech companies stole directly from xerox oh yeah <laughs> most people don't know a lot of a lot of technology came from xerox it's just the other companies fucking stole it inc yeah. including like, apple and microsoft and xerox and, I <laughs> and ibm I yeah. Believe? yeah well ibm directly stole from xerox oh that's how they made their whole industry it all goes back to xerox um uh, but this isn't, it, it crosses borders, it crosses industries, you know, it's not exclusive. So it's not like derogatory to say these things. It just makes right. more sense. Uh, right. Um, I mean, even a lot of the technolo technological things we, you know, credit with Americans for came from Nazi scientists. <laughs> so, yeah. Hate them for everything else, but man. And displaced Jewish scientists from we, before the war, so. Yeah. Uh, there's a, we, we, we had to beef up our science in order to, you know, uh, 
win against the the Nazi regime. <laughs> we boosted Sock our old stats. Hitler on the face. We busted boosted our stats a little. That's all. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's a lot of cool dynamics in there. I think it was really cool how they subtly kind of drew some criticisms of even American politics today, where they're talking about um, whether isolationism was the best practice. When you have these resources, when you have this technology, when you have this uh, ability, is it the right thing to keep yourself isolated and protected, or is it the better thing to go out and try to make the world a better place in some way, shape, or form? And then there was kind of the counterbalance to that, where, you know, Michael B. Jordan's character wanted to do that, and then some, causing kind of warfare. And, you know, uh, I think earlier in the movie, uh, Black Panther says uh something along the lines where uh yes but we oh when he's talking to michael b jordan's character i think directly where he says yes we would like to do that but not everybody should be ruled by wakandan standards not everybody can be ruled by wakandan morals and blah 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 and he's right you know and i think i think they were trying to draw a really clever really subtle criticism of how america's policy often with good intentions, much like these characters, yeah. uh, go out into the world and maybe intentionally, sometimes not intentionally. Uh, I mean, even this <laughs> more, uh, Martin Freeman's character you know, alludes yeah. to it when he's talking about his CIA practices and what <laughs> Killmonger did. He destabilized countries in an effort to make their country a little safer, you know, and yeah. their people a little safer, maybe. <laughs> um, maybe. But it was a really clever and really subtle criticism of kind of American policy, uh, what makes puts it at its best is when it goes out to try to aid people and help people. And when it's at its worst, it's destabilizing people and supplying weapons and, you know, uh, <laughs> creating a war machine. And I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was really clever. And I hope more people, again, acknowledge that and not the kind of like moral machine, you know, the moral right. high standing. Today, I sent you a picture on Google, on Google News, one of the first <laughs> posts that was on there was from the, uh, well, get this right, the Washington Times, which I think kind of has a reputation for being pretty liberal. Um, Usually. Not that that's a bad thing, but uh, just for context. Their headline is Black Panther packed with action and diversity, dash, but no gays. <laughs> Even a movie that is being celebrated for being diverse <laughs> and iconic and giving uh, uh, people that aren't <laughs> basically white <laughs> right. something to look uh, up to and aspire to and so- something to enjoy and, and maybe compare themselves a little easier to. Even that isn't enough. And uh, I'll read you. Now, th- they have s- something to uh, uh, the, the article, but I'll just read a little caption of why this article formed in the first place. Um, quote the latest comic book to film adaptation checked off a number of identity boxes with its almost exclusively black cast and cohort of strong female characters great yeah (laughs) but but there's always got to be a but because nobody can ever be satisfied (laughs) but filmmakers ditched a lesbian romance subplot from the original movie prompting an outcry from the lgbt community actress florence kazumba stroked the flames of outrage when she revealed that scenes of lesbian flirtation 
Not even action, just a flirtation <laughs> scene. <laughs> filmed during production were left on the cutting room floor. Oh my god. The f- <laughs> Did it serve the story? Quote, Probably the, not. Quote, the final result that we've seen, there were a few scenes that had been cut, Miss Kazumba told Vulture. Different scenes also. They didn't make it into the movie for certain reasons. And at that point, I have to say, what the reason is, I can't tell you because nobody told me about what scenes were in the movie or not. So, <clears throat> so I, I, and I, I'm pretty sure her comment was completely in, innocent. She wasn't trying to make some... You know, right? Hit, you know, big moral narrative. You know, in a movie that is being celebrated <laughs> for being diverse and um, a standout feature, not only in the Marvel universe, well, except Blade, yeah, except Blade, <laughs> um, but also overall in cinema. And um, <laughs> I just thought it was so silly that again, we had awesome plot devices in this movie, awesome messages to take home and contemplate you know criticisms of america's you know foreign policies and what is the moral right thing to be complete isolationists and nationalists or is the right thing to do to go out and influence in a positive way and what defines a positive way is it supplying war (laughs) uh, mechanisms to groups of people we happen to morally identify with so that they can wage war against the ones we don't yeah or is it better to just supply productive aid like healthcare centers and education and you know housing is that the better approach which you kind of allude to at the end of the movie when he goes to oakland um there's other criticisms you know criticisms about american culture about how uh it's disproportionately affected black people in america and not only america but abroad um and uh, more closer to home meaning wakanda uh they even address like the boko haram abductions you know uh, by yeah, having these generic terrorists, you know, these warlords in Africa who abducted all these, what you would presume, uh, Muslim girls, young Muslim girls, and were going to take them for whatever <laughs> they were going to use them for, whether it was make them into suicide bombers, like, and marry them off to them and rape them and force them to have their kids, like Boko Haram does, or maybe it was something else, like forced prostitution for, you know, a global market or some some other horrible illicit activity that was addressed in a very real way in this movie. And I think that was really cool. I wish I had talked more about that, but I think it was really cool that they did that and made you think about these things and reminded you that these things actually happened and are still happening. Yeah. Um, uh, there's just all this great material in this movie. Uh, even, even the plot with, you know, uh, Killmonger talking about him, you know, being a young CIA operative and the kind of trauma he's experienced throughout his life, growing up in a household that was ready to wage war on the streets of Oakland, uh, yeah. seeing his murdered father laying dead, ble- bleeding on the floor uh, of his home in Oakland, um, growing up extremely impoverished and uh, probably feeling like an outsider because not only was he not completely <laughs> Wakandan, but he was also not completely, completely American. American. Yeah. So um, it's just a lot of really cool dynamics and a lot of cool things they addressed and a lot of great creativity, specifically in the writing and the cinematics. And I think those points are being completely forgotten and completely lost in all this kind of you know moral, I don't know, uh, chest thumping, you know. Uh, hooray we got a diverse cast that's great (laughs) but there's really really good writing in this movie 
Um, and a lot of it comes from the director himself. And uh, I think there's a, just such great work from the actors and actresses and the writers and the director and even the music. I mean, they did a great job overall with this movie. And there's so many cool things to think about and consider. And I think it's all being lost in the wind to the kind of social media and yeah. media bullshit that always has to happen when you have anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's even remotely that's always going to be a problem with this is that there if you're making a movie specifically one of this type then there's going to be a lot of uh basically audiences on all sides that you're going to want to please um unfortunately it's impossible to please all of them at the same time and I, I, I honestly believe that nobody's even really upset about this bullshit. Oh, they're yeah. just they're just finding the it, next fucking thing to jump on board with and shout from their pedestal and their soapbox. You yeah. know, either that it's or just it's a very, very like, small minority that's bringing up this as even an issue. Yeah. So uh, again, it just goes to show: no, <laughs> no matter what you do, you're never going to make everybody happy. So. Just <laughs> try as you might. <laughs> Stick to your guns and give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, right? Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, is there anything else you really wanted to mention? Bring up. Uh, uh, how about implications for the greater Marvel universe? They he. Well, <laughs> I've read some reviews on this before seeing it. They're like, well, one of the greatest successes of this movie is they avoided the Iron Man. Yeah, mantra that all the Marvel films have trouble avoiding, uh, and I don't think they did at all because the first after credit scene, he does exactly what Iron Man does and goes, "Hey, <laughs> this is Wakanda. <laughs> this is what we can do. Oh, I'm Black Panther. What's up, guys? I'm ready to help you out." Right. Uh, uh, he doesn't like, go as far as to say that he's the Black Panther. But everybody he, knows. <laughs> Come on. I, I mean, anyone who knows anything about Wakanda, which was pretty much no one until now. Um, Which I don't buy for a second, but okay. <laughs> you have uh, all it, these operatives, but none of them were ever, ever compromised. <laughs> because they're Wakanda. <laughs> right, okay. Um, yeah, it it has a lot of uh, Iron Man-isms in the fact that uh, it is... A hero who is in secret right up until the end, for the most part. Um, He's also kind of fighting a black mirror image of himself mm-hmm. at the end. That's kind of an Iron Manism. Yeah. Um, he fighting a villain that looks and fights exactly like you, Iron Man One. Yeah. Ends by revealing everything, Iron Man One. Has a. Uh, Strong, independent woman who don't need no man, who ends up being very comfortable with uh, having the main hero as their man, Iron Man 2. Let's talk about a bunch of advanced technology that nobody else has. Iron Iron Man. Man. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's all Iron Man. Even, (laughs) Even like the subplot about sending weapons and munitions abroad. 
Iron Man. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's all ripped off. Of, not ripped off, but it, like, very the, similar the, to Iron these Man. These are themes from Iron Man that were like, okay, let's flip the script on this theme yeah. a little bit. Anybody or giving it extra points. Yeah. Anybody yeah. trying to give it extra points for getting away from the Iron Man aesthetic is completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, there's so many comparisons to Iron Man. It's, it's not even funny. Uh, He's basically Iron Man and Batman as a king in Africa. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna mix these two and add in some original elements and Black Panther <laughs> But uh yeah. Uh anything else you can think of? Um I'm trying to think of something else. I, I really think that uh we covered just about everything with this movie. Yeah. Um Really good implications for the greater Marvel universe. Um, Vibranium is now probably available for the right price, I'm guessing, which will probably lead to new Bucky arm and new cap shield. Um, And more new things for whenever we have a swell new villain who comes along and decides to have a bunch of minions, it's probably going to deck him out in like Vibranium covered Everything. Now, if you had guns, you really wouldn't have to run at him. You <laughs> just stand like way back there and just shoot at all his minions. But our metal is weird. This oh, is like, okay. what are we gonna make our bullets out of? You know, uh, catapult maybe. Catapult. Like advanced. You can make a fucking laser shield on your shawl, but you can't make like a catapult like device <laughs> that can but- launch a big explosive round of. Vibranium. I don't know. It is not how our metal works. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's our, our metal is special. I feel like if you can solve all of these other problems and have all these cool technologies, you can probably do it uh, yourself. Also, we're we're not just going to like shoot our metal at them. We're gonna throw it so that way we can go and pick it up later. <laughs> yeah, you can throw it with a spear. <laughs> Doesn't stop that energy. Uh, d- yet yeah, n- no is. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Science. (laughs) Um, Also, wouldn't that mean like anytime it impacts anything, it wouldn't do anything? So all of your physical weapons with vibranium are worthless because all the force is absorbed into the weapon and not displaced into the object you're hitting. Yeah. Shut it. Physics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Physics is weird. Comic physics. The fucking Spider-Man in Civil War clearly points out that vibranium does not obey the laws of physics. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's basically, it does what it wants. Um, It's like nth metal from the DC universe. It does does what what it wants. wants. (laughs) Um, We do what we want. But yeah, greater implications. Vibranium is out there. They know that there's a lot of it now. Uh, Wakanda is open to the world and now contributing <laughs> to the uh, world instead of being completely isolationist. Uh, might be good, might be bad. The Black CIA has yeah. a direct link, a direct link to Wakanda now, which I'm sure they'll use. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Black Panther can now just become an Avenger, like I'm sure he's always wanted. Yeah, because I mean. If there's anything a king should be doing, it should be fighting crime abroad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, In his bulletproof cat suit. Wow. Um, <laughs> but also, yeah. can I just say for a second that um, for literally half a second, uh, instead of using the finger claws, we got to see knuckle claws. I didn't notice. 
probably because it was darkly lit. Oh, okay, uh, great. This is like right before he is about to pick up Claw out of like a flipped over car. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like he does this for a second and then he goes, oh no, fuck it, I'm Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like to also note that uh, if you're white, you're not welcome in Wakanda unless you're missing an arm. <laughs> and or you've been shot in the spine. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't welcome. They didn't want him there. But he uh, was okay. a good man, he, which makes him he, it makes it hard to be a good king. Yeah, he, so he he wasn't welcome him. until we just let him come in. Yeah. It's like we, ha- we, we, we need a white savior here to blow up we, the planes we, that we are taking the middle out. Injured white men. <laughs> <laughs> Only injured or disarmed. And, and all the older uh, black males have a fucked up left eye. Uh, the original king oh. had like a glass eye or something. Yeah, he uh, did not close that one. Forrest Whitaker had oh. a fucked up left eye. His oh. younger version had a fucked up left eye. Oh. Even Bozeman kind of has like a... like. A, his eyes were fine. No, his left eye is a little... Uh, his left eye droops a little bit. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, it's pretty consistent across the board. <laughs> Everybody had the droopy left eye or a glass eye. <laughs> so, uh... They're royal. That was... Uh, yeah. A little bit of inbreeding. I'm sorry. Oh. Come on, guys. Maybe, uh... Don't... We don't talk about that. Maybe you don't have to be a royal bloodline. Maybe. Just we, maybe. We don't talk about that. <laughs> but, uh... This isn't Game of Thrones. Yeah, again, just goofing on the movie a little bit. Really good movie. Yeah. Um, I give it a solid C+. Plus. Um, I give it a B-. minus. I would happily see it again. I wish there was more Kendrick Lamar music and less <laughs> of the obnoxious drumming. Um, I get w- what they were going for, but it, at the end of the movie, I was just like, oh, my God, more drums. Yeah. Can we calm down with the drum-only music? <laughs> get some instrumental stuff in there. Get some horns or something. I don't care. Anything. Use his fucking rhino bugle. I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> blow into the devil's anus. I'm sure that makes a sound. <laughs> um, if aboriginals are included, use a didgeridoo. I don't care. We already got a fake trailer for uh, Dundee. So. <laughs> I want a real trailer for Dundee. Not that one. <laughs> that looked horrible. <laughs> I was so scared when they did that. Oh, come on. No. Come no. on. You can't do that to Crocodile you Dundee. You don't want to see a movie where I would we... watch Crocodile Dundee 2 before I watch that movie <laughs> again. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, that looked horrible. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, go see this movie if you haven't already. Yes, um, please. Please let us know whether you agree or disagree with our opinions and our observations. Um, I'm going to do a little cutout just to warn people at the beginning because I, I think I was really negative at first and might have given the wrong impression. But yeah, uh, again, really like the movie. Solid C+. Plus, uh Good addition to the Marvel Universe. Uh, it, to me, it was like better than Ant-Man. Not as good as Iron Man one. That, that's kind of how I felt somewhere around there. Uh, I, I would actually say it's, at least in my opinion, I think it's better than Iron Man one, but uh, not as good as Spider Man Homecoming. Well, nothing's good as Spider Man Homecoming. That was the best Marvel movie out there. So you're saying it's the best, mo- the second best Marvel movie? Uh, I I would say it's in the top five. I'd say top 10, definitely. Maybe like six or seven. Maybe, nah, probably like eight. Somewhere around there. Uh, I, I would say that uh, the first Avengers movie 
The first Sp- well, the Marvel's Spider-Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, to me, uh, to, to Captain me, America: Winter Soldier. Yeah, to me, Captain America: Winter Soldier, uh, Avengers, Spider-Man, like you said, Doctor Strange, I thought was better. Uh, Iron Man One, I think, is better in my opinion. You don't agree, obviously. Mm, yeah. Um, that's five already. Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, uh, which is like my second favorite Marvel movie. So that's six. (laughs) So it's already dropping out of the top five for me. Um, I would actually, at least for me personally, say that this is slightly, but not much better than Guardians of the Galaxy. I put Civil War above this movie. I wouldn't. Wow. I wouldn't put Civil War above this movie because... Going back and watching Civil War, I saw a lot of similarities between that and Batman v Superman. But uh, <laughs> you mean the, done well? <laughs> yeah, b- pretty much Batman Without v Superman, but done Jolly Rancher Eisenberg and <laughs> terrible, terrible CG everywhere. <laughs> let's n- let's never go back. <laughs> let's never go back there, Martha. <laughs> Which I actually like that scene. So. All the scenes you could like from that movie. <laughs> I thought it made sense. He was he was shocked that he was screaming his mother's name, not realizing that his mother w- had the same name. I get it. It's ki- it's corny because it's a comic book trivia question and blah blah blah. <laughs> like, it, it made sense for what for all the nonsense that was occurring up to that moment. <laughs> that was the one moment that actually made sense. <laughs> Granted, he the better thing to do would go save my mom, <laughs> save Martha Kent specifically. Martha Kent. But when you're saying say, I. He knew Superman was Clark Kent at that point, right? Am I mistaken? No. Okay, maybe that's why. So yeah. it makes even more sense. If he didn't know he was Clark Kent at the time, then saying save Martha Kent, and he couldn't get the Kent out because Batman was stepping on his fucking throat. <laughs> uh, that makes more sense. So like, I, I think... I you think, mean this human has been raising this alien yeah. this whole time? I think Batman wrecking shit when he goes and saves Martha <laughs> is a great scene, and I think it, it, that scene had emotional impact for me. And I, I think, yes, it's okay. corny because it's comic book trivia, but I didn't yeah. think it made sense, unlike okay. the rest of that fucking movie. Okay. The result of that scene I thought was cool, with the, the Batman wrecking shit. Yeah. But... Uh, I'm never going to like that Martha scene. I'm never going to do it. (laughs) Only part I liked (laughs) of that entire whole fight scene there. The rest of it was was stupid. So much wasted (laughs) potential. I I really wanted more of Superman. Just being reminded of how bad DC has been lately, I'm going to give it a B (laughs) minus. Black Panther is now a B minus. B minus. I'm boosting its score because I'm angry with my own fan base (laughs) who are demanding more Zack Snyder. And I'm like, no. (laughs) They shouldn't even do the stuff they're doing now (laughs) without Zack Snyder. No. What are you thinking? It's just stop. But yeah. Great movie, go see it. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at htbvids if you want to. Uh, hit us up on our YouTube channel here. Leave some comments below. We'll try to respond to you. Uh, talk to us on Facebook at forward slash hit the books, facebook.com forward slash hit the books. And remember, you can find the links to all of our content and all our podcasts and all our reviews if you go to our website, htbvids.com. Uh, and there you'll see buttons for everything you could imagine from us. And then in the menu, you can see our previous covers and variant covers of the week from the podcast. If you're not familiar with our comic book podcast, um, 
There's all sorts of stuff there for you. There's no ads on it, so you're not going to get a fucking virus or a million <laughs> pop-up ads trying to click through the website. It's very simple, very straightforward. Um, so feel free to check that out and uh, give us some feedback and let us know what you thought. B minuses from both of us. Oh yeah, <laughs> mine boosted from a C plus. <laughs> I give it an eighty, <laughs> the minimum B minus, just out of spite for my own franchises. <laughs> but it was oh. a very, very good, very solid Marvel movie, and I'd happily see it again if I got a free ticket or something. <laughs> oh yeah, um, and I don't regret spending the ten bucks on the ticket or whatever. So, uh, go see the movie if you like the Marvel universe and you like cool kick-ass superhero movies that make you think a little bit and maybe on other things make you throw your brain out the door <laughs> <laughs> uh so until next time until next time bye-bye i bless the rains down in africa <laughs> you know that's sung by a bunch of white dudes right <sighs> okay i'll sing their other song Hold the it's line. Doom, 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 doom. Love isn't always on time. Yeah, this movie's late. <laughs> <laughs> All right.